Welcome. You're listening to the Making the Shift podcast, where you learn how to go from employee to CEO and build a wildly successful coaching or yoga business. I built my coaching business while working as a teacher, and now I'm obsessed with helping other women do the same. Each week, I will teach you high-level mindset and business strategies that you can implement right away. I'm your host, life and business coach, Denise Vineri. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited. Can you imagine in just a couple of weeks that uh, this podcast will have been live for an entire year? So we have a huge celebration coming up for the podcast. Um, November 13th was the day that I launched, and we are just a couple of weeks away from that. I still can't believe it. I have wanted to have my own podcast for so long. So the fact that this podcast is real, it's out in the world, and I have been so consistent. I have not missed an episode and I have so many more ideas. I have even more ideas on what to teach and share and who to bring on than I even did a year ago. So I'm just so happy that there's that big birthday celebration coming up for the podcast, but I have another celebration. And I want to tell you all, this is actually a little business coaching tip that I give a lot of my clients, which is we talk a lot about the energy of celebration and appreciation. So it was something that I just spent this past weekend teaching my mastermind. And I want to share it with all of you because it really is interesting to me how many of us do not celebrate the tangible and the intangible wins that we have. And so I probably should do a podcast episode on that at some point, but I wanted to come on because I have a lot of celebration right now, almost at a year with the podcast and the soulful six figure foundations mastermind sold out. So I had actually wanted to keep this first round smaller. So I had set the goal for 10 and it sold out. So I want to celebrate all of my mastermind participants. Each one of these women are just, one is just more incredible than the next. It is such an amazing container. I am in love with all of them already. So I just can't believe that I get to spend another six months with them. We spent a a nice long two days over this past weekend, Friday and Saturday, working together, teaching all of the concepts, setting up their businesses for the next six months, year, three years, and even planning things out for a 10-year vision. It was just like magic in that container. And so I'm just celebrating that the mastermind sold out with the most divine women I could possibly imagine. And I'm celebrating them and their business and the vision that they have for themselves. I'm also celebrating that. So I just wanted to share that with all of you because, and I think I am going to do a podcast now. I should write this down, but I am going to do a podcast on the energy of celebration, why it's so important for us to really celebrate and to be in that gratitude, to be in the appreciation of the things that we have set out to do and we've created, right? And even we can celebrate when we don't hit a result and still what was the lesson that we learned and celebrate that piece of it or celebrate the fact that we made the attempt, even if we don't actually get the goal, what are the internal shifts that we can celebrate? So it's such an important part of the process of growing your business that I think is a little overlooked. So I think I am going to be doing a podcast on this in the near future. So keep your your eyes peeled for that. Um, 
The other thing that I wanted to just kind of talk about for a moment is I am going to be doing a launch kind of debrief. I'm going to talk about how I actually went about and did the launch for my mastermind, how I structured the mastermind and what were some of the lessons that I learned. So the mastermind just ended the the first two day, two day portion it was just completed this weekend. So I haven't had a, a whole lot of time to really dive into the specifics. And I want to give you guys, you know, a really nice detailed look, peek behind the scenes on launching. So just look forward to that episode coming out soon where I kind of break down the mastermind launch. Okay. <laughs> but for today, this episode was inspired by some conversations that I've been having with my own one-on-one coach and some of the conversations that did happen in the mastermind. And I'm always asking myself, what do my clients really want and why don't they have it? And I kind of, you know, my my brain, I broke my brain a little bit here because I really want to help my clients hit their, hit their goals. And I want to help all of you as well. And I asked this question of myself quite a bit, like, what does my client really want and why don't they have it? And so when I ask that question around yoga teachers and healers and coaches that are in the more spiritual, soulful space, why, why, what, what do they want? And a resounding answer for my clients is they want to make a living doing this work. They see this work as like their soul's calling, their soul's purpose, and they feel really rather out of alignment a lot of the times working in some like nine to five that they just don't want to be in. And I've, I even have some of my clients in the mastermind are, you know, college age students or they're right out of college and they've decided that they want to do this work full time now because they recognized, you know, maybe they were in college, they already went through it, or they were contemplating some other career that wasn't in alignment with them. And they really want to make the work that they're doing now as an entrepreneur, as health coach, um, a spiritual coach, life coach, yoga teacher, meditation teacher, they want to do that work full time. And my other clients that have nine to fives, they want out because they want to do this work full time, right? And so I I kept asking myself, like, well, why, why, why don't why is it so hard? <laughs> why why are yoga teachers and healers and Reiki practitioners like why aren't they making a living? Why is there this like, you know, like overwhelming amount of people that are kind of like hustling and living kind of paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, when I really started looking at my own trajectory and what I did and what I did differently and what I have taught some of my clients, uh, what I've taught all of my clients and some of them have been very, very successful at is it comes down to three things. If you want to make money as a yoga teacher, a healer, a coach, Reiki practitioner, And I want to teach these three very simple shifts to make. So the first thing you want to do is you want to create an offer with a tangible result. So I'm going to back this up with kind of what I often see people doing, and that is they are selling their modality. In order to really be successful, you can't sell your modality, Okay, so what does that actually, you can't sell your modality in and of itself. So what does that mean? So if you're a yoga teacher, you're not necessarily just selling yoga. I know that sounds really weird, but stay with me. If you're an energy worker, you're not just selling the energy work. Because to be frank, no one necessarily wants 
just the yoga or just the energy work. It's the same thing with coaches. You're not selling the coaching session. I feel like I can hear so many of you yelling at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but stay with me. So I, I'm offering this to you because I want you guys to start shifting the way you're thinking about your modality. We know how beneficial the modality is because we as the facilitator are steeped in its wisdom. We're steeped in the knowledge. We have taken tons of trainings. We understand at its, at its core how valuable these modalities are, but that's because we are in it and we have to remember who we're talking to. A lot of the time we are talking to people who may have some, you know, uh, experience with your modality, but what they are actually looking for is not your modality per se. They're, they're looking more for a result and they believe that that modality is going to help them get a result. So it's the biggest shift. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a way of reframing your business completely because if you are selling five sessions, let's say of yoga or five sessions of coaching for what, what is someone going to get at the end of working with you for those five sessions, right? So what I teach inside my container and what I teach my clients, and I even have like this even has translated over into uh, I have a client who's a therapist and we don't talk about her offer being 12 sessions. We talk about it being an offer that is for a length of time. So it's a three month offer or a six month offer. And I teach this inside my container with my coaches and yoga teachers and healers, and they can create whatever this offer they want to do with their clients. They can use whatever modalities they want, but it's reframing how you are packaging it up together. So you're not selling the modality, right? You're not selling your, your, the yoga, you're selling the result that somebody wants, right? Someone that is looking for a yoga teacher is looking to do one-on-ones. There's probably a reason. Maybe it's because they have experienced anxiety, or maybe they are new students and they want to learn how to do yoga first in a one-on-one setting so that they can feel comfortable enough to go into a public setting. If, if you're a coach, maybe they want to transition from one career to the next and they don't know how to do that. Or maybe they want to ask for a promotion and they want to hire a coach to help them, you know, ask for promotions. There's, we're not selling the modality. We're selling the, a tangible result that our clients want. So I want you to think about creating an offer and packaging up your modality as the means for someone to get a result. And that's really what you're selling. That's really how you're serving people. You're helping them. And I know with the the yoga and the energy work, this might be a little, it's a, it's a bigger reframe. I think in the coaching world, essentially, you know, we're kind of used to there being some kind of result that somebody is selling through the coaching. But when it comes to yoga and energy work, it's like, oh no, it's a five pack of, of Reiki and energy sessions. Okay, that's great. But why would somebody go for energy work? Like what can the energy work help? I've, I have an energy worker and I love her. She's amazing. It's like the work we do together is priceless. But I had a reason why I reached out to her. I knew I wanted to do some internal work that she could help facilitate through energy work. And so that's why I reached out to her because it was very clear that was the kind of work that she did with her clients. But I wasn't paying just for the energy work. I was really 
interested in internal shifts that I wanted some help and support with. And that was the modality I chose. I could have chosen to go to therapy, right? I mean, I could have chosen another coach that just did a very specific coaching model, but I didn't. I wanted to do this specific work with an energy worker and not just energy worker, a very specific one who I knew could help me with the very specific internal shifts that I was looking for. Okay. So hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. Even if you're doing like what I can help everybody with everything, you still have a way to package up what you're doing. You can give very specific examples of some results that your clients have gotten while working with you, right? So let's just say you are a yoga teacher and you're like, oh my God, I am just selling five packs. It's okay, that's not the end of the world. You can just start rethinking about this in your business of, okay, well, what is a result that your former clients have gotten from working with you? Have they decreased their stress? Have they increased their flexibility? Have they deepened their knowledge of yoga philosophy and developed a meditation practice, right? So those are very tangible results that you could help anyone with, but you are still articulating that concept in your, you know, in your marketing essentially. Okay. And I want you to think about crafting your marketing in that way where you're less, you're, you're still telling them it's through whatever modality you use, but you're coupling that you're marrying that with real tangible results that your clients will get from doing that work with you. And then packaging up that modality with a tangible result and offering this one offer, a very simple offer where they can work with you for a length of time. So instead of buy a five pack for this price, and if you buy a 10 pack, then you know there's a slight discount than buying the five pack, right? I know that because I've done that and I see so many people do that. And I think it's a big mistake. A shift instead to make that would be of service to your client is actually carefully crafting an offer with the thought in mind of what is going to serve my client the most. If they are coming to you with a specific problem in mind, then your offer becomes the solution to them. But only if you've really thought about how long will it realistically take for them to learn how to get that result or actually get that result? So for example, if you are someone that, you know, helps people, you know, manage their anxiety through holistic methods. So maybe you teach yoga and breath work and meditation and you know how to manage, you know, very regular everyday type of anxiety using those modalities. Does that, happen in a five session setting that someone can just like pick and choose whenever those five days are? Or do you think it actually takes a little bit longer for someone to learn those modalities and create a practice that works for them? And then if there's, you know, uh, anything that comes up, any other questions that this person might have, like, do you really think it's only going to happen in five one-on-one sessions? Or does it actually really take something like three months for that person to get that result or six months? I want you to really start thinking about packaging up your modality into a really beautiful, cohesive offering to your client, but coming from 
like the work ahead of time of thinking about your client and this problem that they would be coming to you for. And then what actually makes sense to offer them. Okay. So it's kind of, I'm trying to help you move away from the one-off sessions because that's keeping you and your business in a place of instability, frankly. Okay. So you guys ready for number two? What is the second step to making money as a yoga teacher, healer, or coach is to charge appropriately for your work. This is a big one. So this one really was very much inspired by my mastermind. This brought up probably the most coaching that I did over the weekend was conversations around money and price and essentially wealth energetics. So I put up a model on the board. I I actually did a graphic and I called it the cycle of instability. And the reason why a lot of this community's work is unstable, the business, their businesses are unstable is because they are not charging appropriately for the work that you're doing. And I know very much the rhetoric that is in the community of, you know, we can't charge for that. Our services should be free. And so I wanted to offer a reframe that I get that you want to have free offers because you want to serve people, but charging people is also a form of service. And if you're not charging appropriately, you're actually slowing your ability down to help more people. Because what happens is when you're undercharging, you end up burning out because you have to make up for it somehow, right? Like you're charging, you're undercharging, so you're not able to live and provide for yourself or your family, maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck, and then you are trying to compensate and make more money by taking on more clients, or if if you're a yoga teacher, taking on more studio classes, and you're running here and there and everywhere, and you got a one-off person here and a one-off person there, and you know your calendar is full, so you're not necessarily enjoying your life, and you're still unable to make ends meet, and it really comes down to the inability to charge appropriately for your work, for your expertise. I ask my clients flat out, why was it okay for you to invest thousands of dollars into trainings, into certifications and into programs and spend thousands and thousands and thousands of hours studying and learning your craft, becoming masters of your craft, and then not charging appropriately for your time? Because someone is paying you for, and and they're not paying you for your time either. They're really paying you for that result that they want. That's number one. But number two, the fact that you have spent so much money, time, and energy learning your craft so that you can teach it to somebody else in a condensed amount of time is worth a certain price. And if you are burning out in your business, it's probably because you are undercharging And then therefore you can't actually help other people. I tell my clients, if you want to have a nonprofit, if you want to do like sliding scale, we can make all of those decisions part of your business structure, but you can't do that in the beginning if you can't feed yourself. If you're like worried that you're not going to be able to make your rent, your basic human needs have to be met before you can be supporting other people in making their basic human needs. 
Okay, I'm going to say that again. In order for you to really truly help other people, your basic human needs need to be met. And of course, that's a number that's different for everybody. But you have to charge appropriately for your work. Or you're just going to burn out, run yourself ragged, and worst case scenario, end up going back to a nine to five that you hate. And then you won't be helping anyone, including yourself. So it's really important that you charge appropriately. Now, it, this this would be time for another podcast. And honestly, I teach this whole formula inside my mastermind on how to determine like, what is your goal? What do you need to make um, to help you live a comfortable lifestyle that you actually enjoy? And what does that look like? And what do those numbers look like? And we come up with a price that is in alignment. So my, my clients do feel good about that. So that's a little too much for this podcast. I think it would be a little overwhelming, but I wanted to just put that into your awareness is like, are you undercharging? Are you burning out? Are you resenting your clients? These are all things that I have heard or saw firsthand <laughs> inside, you know, my coaching containers. Okay. The last shift, number three, step three is to really see yourself as the CEO of your business. This is huge. This is such, this is what we probably coached on the most over the weekend, the money energetics, the wealth energetics, and then this identity shift that really has to happen. The quicker it happens, the better for you and the better for your business. But to really start seeing yourself as the CEO of your business. What I see a lot of yoga teachers and coaches and healers doing is they They kind of know this is what they're selling and they're helping people, but they never actually see it as a business and they never see themselves as a CEO. So they end up having more of a hobby that's a very expensive hobby because they spend a lot of money and all these trainings and it's not a very profitable one. And it really does come down to how you're thinking about your business and how you're thinking about yourself. So do you see the work that you're doing, the offerings that you're putting out into the world, do you see them as an extension of a company that you run? And where do you want this company to go a year from now, three years, 10 years? This is just some of the work that we did inside the mastermind. And of course, I, I had a lot of tools to help them break this stuff down. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to, do you see yourself as a CEO or do you just see yourself as a yoga teacher? as a coach who just kind of does this thing on the side, because it makes all the difference. Like if I tell you my story again, I know I've mentioned this story many times on the podcast, but for years, I did not see myself as a business owner. I just did all these workshops all over the place. And I taught all these classes and I had some clients that were one-on-one. I never once thought of it as a business. I certainly did not see myself as a CEO until one day I just had that epiphany. I had gotten this idea that like, wait a second, what if I could make this a business? And I was like, wait a second, it's actually been a business this whole time. I just wasn't treating it like that. And once I made that shift and started really believing that this was a business and I was the CEO and I could have a company that impacted millions of people, everything changed. Everything changed. So those are my three steps for making money as a yoga teacher, healer, coach, Okay, is to create an offer with a tangible result. Remember that you're not selling the modality, but you are selling a result that that modality can help your clients get and packaging that up into a delicious offer that they, of course, are going to want. Okay, step two, you need to charge appropriately for your work. And step three, 
to start seeing yourself as the CEO of a business. Okay, my friends, until next week, keep making some epic shifts. Hey, if you're ready to grow your business, I want to invite you to learn about coaching with me. Set up a time by going to denisefineri.com forward slash consult. We spend one third of our lives at work and it can be purposeful and profitable while having the impact that you want. So until next week, go make some epic shifts. Thanks for tuning in.